Hello, and welcome to the Human Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Josh. This is a podcast where I interview everyday people to hear inspirational stories about struggle, hardship, and the insights that follow on the other side. I've had my own fair share of difficult times in my life, and I've always been fascinated in hearing about other people's experiences and discovering how they too have overcome adversity. The human spirit is simple yet complex, unique but shared. Come with me and let's travel along the ends of this spectrum together. In this next episode, I interviewed my friend Vivian Kuritz, the founder and director of the nonprofit organization Harlem Wellness Center. Its mission is to close the racial equity gap in holistic health by providing the diverse New York City community access to a variety of wellness programs. The center also has a racial healing hub, which features speakers who share their experiences in order to advocate for truth, healing, and transformation. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Vivian. She spoke her truths about starting a nonprofit, both the struggles and triumphs, the impact, along with the unique insights that she discovered on her journey. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Vivian. So good to have you on this episode. Thanks for being here. Hello, dear Josh. It's my pleasure. (laughs) And Vivian has her signature big smile going right now. It's so good to see you. So let's get started. Tell me a little bit about yourself, your passions, interests, where you are right now in your life just generally. Lately, I've just been reflecting on the fact that I am my ancestors' wildest dream. You know, I come from a people that were forced into this country who were stripped of the culture and name and agency and language and religion and are still here, you know, who are resilient and creative and brilliant and continue to create new culture. Mm. And it sounds like you're so connected to your ancestry, your history. How do you feel them with you and everything that you do? Great question. Well, the strength that I gain, recognizing that on my worst days, they are nowhere compared to what my ancestors have survived and gone through. And there's also... Um, an honor and a responsibility to experience joy and to move past my fears and to do the things that um, they would not have ever had an opportunity to do, not just because they didn't have an opportunity to do, but because of something that I feel called to do and that my heart wants to do. Um, but, you know, sometimes you are called and sometimes your heart wants to do something and sometimes um, you're afraid. Um, or And so those are times where I can lean and draw from that strength and um, support. Mm. With a lot of people that I talk to on the podcast, we talk about uh, the support and community in different ways. And it's so cool how you talk about it, how it's a part of your history. It's like it might not be seen in the moment, but it's felt 
throughout time. It's felt like in your bones or in your blood. Uh, so that's such an interesting way of discussing the support system that you have. Yeah. So um, I wanted to get into more specifics too about challenges or struggles. And is there one particular time or one particular instance of challenge and, and difficulty that you might like to talk about in more detail? Today, I'm going to really focus on the nonprofit. And I thought it was important because in this, the days of Facebook and Google and all of these Silicon Valley startups, it's like really popular and especially young folks are visioning starting their own businesses and it's sexy, it's mm -hmm. romantic, it's glamorous. And I just would literally like to um, bring some more perspective in on that, you know, the real, the realness, you know, the reality of it, you know, it's a roller coaster, there's uncertainty, there's instability. Mm. Um, it's all of these things, you know, it's joy, it's, it's rewarding, it's stressful, it's um, anxiety, right? <laughs> hmm. yeah, it's all of those things. The full and, spectrum um, of human uh, emotions, it sounds like. Yeah. And the other reason I chose it is because it's the first thing that ever gave me a real understanding of what anxiety is. Like, I honestly did not know. I've been afraid before. I've been stressed. I've had pressure. I've had nerves doing something. But I didn't know what anxiety was until this experience. Yeah. How is anxiety different than having those nerves? What, what makes it different? So... Just to give a little context, in 2003, I started teaching yoga and to my community in Harlem. And that started to take on a life of its own and people from the neighborhood and a little further away started coming and, and it just really became a very special opportunity. And this is before yoga was the craze that it is now. Yeah. And that it was like really hip. And so looking back now, it's pretty cool to think that here we were the least likely of places where people would be doing yoga in terms of what people picture yoga to look like, like we were doing it back then. Mm. Uh, this very diverse group of people who are just like everyday people, not dancers and gymnasts, and, right. uh, and, and uh, the super yeah, fit, all of that, the super fit, yeah. the models, and all of that. So um, that's pretty cool. But um, in 2008, I started the first iteration of the wellness center. So. I do um, holistic health and wellness programming that um, help close the racial health gap by um, increasing people's opportunity to access these wellness amenities that really would be out of reach for many reasons, whether it be a sense of belonging, a sense of um, access in geog geographically or if it's the the finances or what or the cultural relevance all of these things that could be a barrier and helping to remove those barriers so that a broader 
um, group of people can participate in it, especially people who are um, at the highest risks and most exposed to adult onset diseases due to social determinants of health. Mm-hmm. So from 2008 and 2000 to 2012, I was doing this in the community and I was part of um, another larger initiative and we were under that umbrella. And that ended up being a really excruciating experience where it was um, basically shut down due to um, some really bad circumstances. At the end of that, I thought, you know, I don't know if I'm going to continue doing this. And I gave the community a notice saying that in three months we would be closed. And they weren't having it. Wow. They said, there's nothing else like this and we want to do it. And how can we help you? And one person planned a picnic in her backyard to host a party to get everybody riled up and about it and to do a <laughs> fundraiser. And the community came together and we said, okay, can we as just a grassroots effort raise $20,000 in 30 days just from our circle? Oh and we gosh. raised like 22. Really? And That's yeah, amazing. And it really just was more of affirmation that the people wanted it, our community wanted, because I did not dream of being an executive director. (laughs) (laughs) I had spent many years um, being a director in theater. I had spent many years um, as a program director, and I loved both of those. But I knew that being an executive director is more like a CEO. And I didn't have the experience or um, the mindset or all the skill sets that one would be able to just walk in and say, I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. So when I took that on, um, there, it literally was like 75% of every single day was outside of my comfort zone, outside of my skill sets. Um, I just had to learn things. I had to, I couldn't like get through any project pretty much without calling customer service or Googling like instructions or figuring out something because everything was new and there was so many, you know, all the mechanics, the nuts and bolts involved in the building the engine for um, a company, an organization, a business, whatever you want to call it. But those are the nuts and bolts that I never saw before. It's so wild to hear out. It wasn't your dream. It just happened. It was like life just giving you this calling despite your best efforts. It's like, well, Vivian, I'm sorry. This is what you're doing. And here are all these people who are handing you this money to say like, well, Vivian, this is what you're doing. Here you go. And then I, yeah. I, can't, <laughs> and then I can't get over how um, 75% of what you were doing, you didn't know what to do and you were just figuring it out on the way. I'd love to hear more about that. Like how did... How did you make it through? You talked about Googling and customer service, and I'm sure asking other people, but is that what you meant by anxiety, or how did you get through? I think that because we wanted to harness the energy and the momentum that was there, it was really important 
that we opened up as quickly as we could hmm. because there was so much. It, it really, I, I used to kind of visualize this analogy that I had in my hand. I had, it was like Doctors Without Borders, you know, where you're sitting there with the bricks and the clay and you're building it while there's a line of people there waiting to get in. <laughs> well, it sounds like they helped build, they helped with the brick and mortar by giving you <laughs> they that did money. Help. And also, you know, helping to do some of the legwork and helping me figure yeah. things out and just rolling up this sleeve. But still, there was that pressure. And so within only six months, we had a fiscal sponsor. We raised some money. We were open and wow. fully operating. And so where I really, you know, had my strength at that time was with actual implementation, leading the meditations, leading okay. the... Um, uh, let's pause for a second. What's that noise? That's my dog. That, okay. My dachshund is coughing. I thought it was construction work or something. Too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoa, is it, why, what, all of a sudden there's some jackhammering going on over there. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors for today's episode. Do you suffer from lingering coughs during allergy, cold, and flu season? Do you also happen to be man's best friend and enjoy going rough, rough? Then do we have the thing for you? It's called Beautiful Bark Cough Lozenges. Tastes like a treat and coats your throat and snout with healing canine herbs so that you'll be playing in the park with your favorite human in no time. So go to your vet or ask your human to order online and get the relief you need to get your bark back to beautiful. And now, back to our episode. Because we started so quickly, we were doing everything at once, which I'm the opposite of the people who have to have all their ducks in a row before they do anything, like the perfectionist complex. I, I am just like, you just start it and you figure it out as you <laughs> go along. But there's a cost that comes to that with mm. that as well, you know? So we had to figure out how do you even write grants? Um, how do you, you know, I had to learn how to do the bookkeeping, you know, the QuickBooks. I didn't do that before and all of these things. So you're doing it at once and mm. that starts to get, um, intense. And I remember, um, you know, telling a few folks, you know, when they say that they want to start a nonprofit, just really think it through because nonprofits are usually under-resourced. Some, like if there's still a nonprofit that's doing what you want to do, like to join in with that nonprofit mm. is probably going to save you a lot of stress and headaches. Mm. Um, you know, and it's going to be a benefit and it's a collaboration. But if it's making itself apparent that that is your calling and the path that you're supposed to take, my suggestion is starting it on a micro level and if you're saying mm. you know my nephew had said oh i think i want to be i want to start a nonprofit for you know and mentor kids it's like well then do it yes. do it by connecting with a local church a local the, the boy scouts with the um a local community center whatever it is and just volunteering and going in there and start mentoring Mm -hmm. Don't wait until you feel like you've fully grown up 
and you've got the perfect job and now you've got the perfect house and you've got all the perfect free time and now you're going to go and contribute no there that need is there and you start where you are when you're hung when you see people hungry i mean i just love those people who you know just start making sandwiches and taking them out and feeding mm -hmm. the homeless they're not starting a nonprofit to do that what happens is it starts to tell you when it needs to be a nonprofit. Mm. It tells you because of the need that's there, not us projecting this idea on it. And once it starts to say that, oh, you need more structure around what you're doing to do what you're doing better, then I think that that's a great time to start. And I feel that that is you know, what we did. But I remember laying in bed one day and I was like, what is this feeling? This is just like such a weird feeling. All of a sudden I had this aha moment. I said, this is fear. Huh. And then I was like, oh, this is actually anxiety. This is what anxiety is. It's even different than fear. Huh. It is this chronic thing that just feels like the, I, I, the whole body is engaged in this way. It was more like, oh my God, this is so big. It's so big. <laughs> like <gasps> like I, I had this sense of like, it could just fail. Uh -huh. And that was so really, um, that, was, that was really hard. But I think that that was the beginning. An honest truth and assessment is the beginning. Yeah. And how have you continued with your work while having that feeling of fear of failure? Well, the moving forward is part of it. Like, I really just love this whole concept of the earth turning on multiple levels, right? It's mm -hmm. spinning on its axis. And it's also at the same time orbiting the sun. Yeah. To me, that's wild. That means like... We are never static. The Earth is the ultimate multitasker. <laughs> <laughs> it's busy. Yeah, it's doing a lot. <laughs> right? So if it's moving Making all twice. these plants and <laughs> having the clouds move, the storms, it's doing a whole lot all at the same time. I just know that like, we can tap into that and um, for our good and just with our mindset and just be like, you know what? Like right now, I think that the thing that puts us in such a state of despair is, is those moments where we don't feel like anything's going to change. Yeah. But for me, that's very helpful to know that there's no way that things are not going to change because the earth is spinning twice <laughs> in different ways. And so if I just am in my bed with my arms covered over my head, like I'm in a bomb shelter, Yes, what? Things are going to change, you know. Um, it's because things are going to keep moving and all the things that are around me, things are shifting that are interacting with me. So it's not all my responsibility. It just means that I have to stay there and just stay in. And things did start to shift and change. And we started getting some unexpected modes of income um, and, you know, ways of uh, working with different organizations that ended up helping us with raising revenue to be able to support our operations and um, learning how to write grants and then starting to get 
a few of those grants to come through. You know, uh -huh. I look at the grants that I write now compared to the ones I wrote at the beginning, and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything you just said. It made me feel inspired, and I felt hope just in your words because it's you're so right. Things are always moving. Things are always changing, even if you... Uh, the listeners can't re couldn't really see Vivian was making a motion as if she was under her covers, you know, like <laughs> uh, even when you're under your covers in the fetal position, cradling yourself, things are still moving. And that that is such an inspiration too, because it's the other thing I was thinking of talking about the earth analogy is we don't feel it spinning. We don't feel it moving around the sun, but it's still doing it. So mm -hmm. it's even those times where you feel like nothing is moving, I'm stuck you know, in the background, something is happening, even if you don't realize it. And that that is a great picture of hope. Yeah. And these seeds that were planted years ago, there's some that are just now popping out of the little earth that you can just see. Some of them are nice flowers, but now there's some that like, oh, it just came. Like, that's really, really, really sweet. Like, like which one? Oh my goodness. You know, relationships take time. For instance, I remember someone met me at a gathering and said, oh, you should speak with Brian Benjamin on the community board. I think that he would be able to give you some insight. And so he was kind enough to actually meet with me. Mm. And then he um, became the senator of our district in Harlem. Somehow I got a notice that the senator wanted to recognize me and give me a proclamation. Oh my gosh. So I received a proclamation from the senator at this memorial for Harriet Tubman in central Harlem. It's in the middle of Frederick Douglass Boulevard. Yeah. And it's a beautiful statue of Harriet Tubman with roots coming out of her dress into the earth. It really was just about me talking with people, having people see and say like, I believe in this and I'd like to, you know, help steer you in a direction. And me saying, yes, I could have said no. Like, um, that is something that I have been, you know, very committed to is really not just people who I think, you know, are in these positions that are prestigious or anything, but I love partnerships. I love collaboration. So yeah, that's just one example. That's pretty cool. And now we're going to hear from another sponsor for today's episode. The wind moves them, but their strength and flexibility sway and go along for the ride. Trees. They might seem ordinary. I mean, there are so many of them, but their knowledge and resilience have deep roots from generations past. Their messages to us are whispers on the current of a soft breeze, a relationship that's not usually seen, but felt. Next time you're outside in nature, be still and take in the moment to receive a unique message just for you. Let it go, float back into the air and be grateful for this shared wisdom. And now back to our episode. I love how you're talking about the importance of sowing those seeds that you don't know 
what will come of them. And you don't have to go for the home run and, you know, go for someone with prestige who's going to have such a huge impact. It's, it's also about the little changes, the little relationships, the little movements. I also found it funny that you talked about, you know, planting those seeds, and then here you are next to the statue of Harriet Tubman with the roots, you know, by her at her feet. I mean, that's amazing. What a great visual. Yeah. So uh, you talked a lot about the struggle and, and how you've overcome them along the way in creating your wellness center. But I was just wondering if you could share maybe one story of, of a practice member who, who's come and the impact that you've had on them. I was saying to someone the other day that on those hard days where it was literally not doing the fun stuff, what kept me going was individuals. One of the stories that's really moving to me, a woman who lost her brother way too young, and she was convinced that she could not make it through the day of the funeral. And so she told me that the whole time that she said, Vivian has told me if I just breathe, if I just breathe, that I will be okay. And she said she just breathed the whole day. And at the funeral, at the burial, and she realized, you know, that night she's like, I made it through that day by breathing, Mm -hmm. you know? Having that practice be there for somebody at that type of moment in their life and to be able to be a vehicle to help create access to that, it may seem simple, but that is what gives me a great delight. I recently had somebody come in for the first time and take their yoga class and to see somebody come in and to, and to see the nervousness or the insecurity on their face, but to just feel like, first of all, they're with somebody that looks like maybe their granddaughter or their niece or their sister or their cousin, right there, that all of a sudden just kind of creates a different energy. And then to be introduced to it in a way where they can feel that they did it, right? Mm -hmm. And be proud of themselves. You see a different look on their face at the end. And that's uh, what, what keeps me going. That's just incredible on so many levels. I love the story with the the woman who needed to breathe during the funeral and then in such a big heart-wrenching moment and then you have people coming for the first class and they're a little nervous, but to see the interactions, to know that they had the courage to try something, which Mm -hmm. seems so simple, but that's huge in and of itself. You don't know what's what's possible until you take mm-hmm. one step. <laughs> yeah, and surprise yourself. And to um, again, mm-hmm. like I just feel so grateful and honored that I get to be in those rooms and to be part of, um, you know, because I can't do it. I can't. There's nothing that I can do to make that happen, right? But I can be there as a vehicle to create some type the atmosphere for it to happen, and I get to witness it and experience the the beauty and the joy and how that fills my life, and then reminds me like where am I having self limiting ideas about myself, and how can I expand and grow? So just amazing, amazing, Vivian. 
Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for providing that space for the community. Well, we have to keep hope alive. And I'm on a mission. One of my campaigns, personal campaigns, is to bring the idea and concept of love in all the spaces where you're not supposed to talk about it. But at the end of the day, like if you inserted love into any of those rooms where decisions were made or spaces or hearts where power is held, what if love was in the room? That's a t-shirt right there. What if love was in the room? Oh, yeah, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good place to, yeah. Oh my gosh. So thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me on this episode. And where can people find you in the Harlem Wellness Center? I can be found at Mm harlemwellness.org. And then we're also on Instagram at, at Harlem Wellness. And we also have our Racial Healing Hub on Instagram. Also, PlowsharesCoffee.com. And that's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening. And be sure to check us out on Instagram at The Human Spirit Podcast. And I'll see you next time. Let the stories continue.